With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. And yes, I am aware the program has been delayed an extra day. But to be fair, I warned you about that last week with... The long weekend here in the U.S., the new dog joining us in the household, a lot was going on, but good news, we have a show, it's a day late, but oh well, okay, the UFC, the UFC and Bellator were off this past weekend, there was some other MMA action in the world, Combate America had a great event, had a big tournament, CFFC had a pair of events, there's a lot going on. This weekend, this week in particular, things are kind of getting back to normal things are about to get chaotic again the ufc is back on saturday with the event headlined by jarzinho rosenstrike and augusto sakai bellator off again this weekend they're back again next friday bellator 260 that one is headlined by a very interesting fight at 170 pounds for the welterweight title between douglas lima and yaroslav amasov and then the UFC is back on pay-per-view next Saturday as well in Glendale. UFC 263, massive event there. Got the two title fight rematches. You got Adesanya versus Vittori 2. We got the rematch that I am so fired up for for the flyweight title between Davis and Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno. We got Nate Diaz coming back to fight Leon Edwards. Whole lot to like there. Oh, yeah. How could I forget this? This Sunday, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. The fight that makes dreams come true. God, I can't believe this is happening, but it's gonna be a spectacle. It's gonna be fun. Just don't take it too seriously and you'll probably like it a lot more than you think you will. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, by the way, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, that's going down on August 28th. So as Jim Ross says, business 
has picked up my friends and let us start the business of this week's episode of what the heck let's run down the lineup get you to the first chat wrapping up the show this week if you missed my chat with rob font coming off the biggest win of his career a little over a week ago in the main event of ufc vegas 27 against cody garbrandt a masterful performance for 25 minutes i thought he won every round of that fight i don't know where he goes from here i don't know if the win was big big if it didn't really matter i'm not really sure he kind of has a couple of solutions to the log jam at 135 if you will so you'll hear that conversation to wrap up the show this week he's obviously in a very interesting position in one of the most loaded divisions in the ufc jared vandera is going to join us for quite the chat coming off his first ufc win on that same ufc vegas 27 card he got the fight of the night with a decision win over justin taffa we discussed a lot about the fight all the bleeding the long road to the matchup what he wants next he's got a few options in mind and much more Jordan Levitt's going to join us once again. He's going to be fighting this Saturday at UFC Vegas 28 against Claudio Pueyes. Looking to follow up that highlight reel slam KO over Matt Wyman back in December. He's obviously a new dad as well. So we'll talk about that and much more. But first, let us say hello to a man who will have the biggest career opportunity to date on July 10th. Huge one, huge event at 170 pounds. Kicking us off this week. Philadelphia's own Sean Brady. All right, let us welcome back the undefeated Sean Brady, who has his next fight booked, and it is a big one on a big fight card. He's going to face Kevin Lee at UFC 264 in a little over a month's time in front of a sold-out crowd in Las Vegas. How about that? Sean, good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. It was some road to get to this point, but you got a big fight. How does it all feel knowing that you got a date, you got an opponent, and you got somebody with a pretty big name, which is something that you've been after for a little while now? It feels good, man. It uh, it felt like it, it took it was a lot harder than it than it should have been. You know, um, I was asking for some big names that were ranked in the top fifteen. You know, I really didn't want to take a step back and go with someone outside the top fifteen in the welterweight division, but. Then they came along and they offered me Kevin Lee, and he's not ranked in the top 15 in the welterweight division, but he's a huge name in the lightweight division. He's a huge name in MMA, so uh, it made sense. You know, he wanted to move up, and uh, I'm here to welcome him back up to the division. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're on the kind of run that you're on right now, I mean, it's a pretty dangerous fight to fight you. I mean, it's a lot of risk for some of these top 15 guys, guys with that stature in the organization it's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Like you want to win these fights and climb the ranks, but when you're in this position on the beginning of this UFC run with a lot of excitement around you, it's tough to get these fights. You want like, look at Islam Makachev right now. He's dealing with something similar at 155 right now. You got a big one, but has it been a little frustrating for you since the one over Jake Matthews, just trying to get what you deserve? Like if Kevin Lee wasn't an option right now, do you feel like you'd be kind of in a tailspin right now? Yeah, so originally what we were thinking was I was going to get um, – I was pushing for the, uh, the the leech fight. I mean I kind of thought that was going to – what was going to be next. I'm 13. He's 11. It's what seemed um, – what seemed like should, should have happened. And the whole thing happened on Twitter where I asked him to fight, and then supposedly he gave me the middle finger. But then I'm hearing that his Twitter got hacked and all kinds of stuff. And I didn't want to seem like I'm being a bully, you know, like, I was just asking nicely to like, yo, this is what we do. Like, let's, 
let's fight. Like it only makes sense. You haven't fought. I just fought. Like let's let's make it happen. And nothing back from him. Nothing back from my manager about hearing back from him. So yeah, it was definitely frustrating. And um, I was getting super frustrated, honestly. And every day I was just like looking at everybody in my division's Instagram, like seeing what they were doing, like trying to just call my manager, like asking him if he's heard anything. And uh, it wasn't seeming like anything was happening. So I was like, you know what? Let me just take a step back. I've been training super hard. Let me just continue to do that and not get all worked up. Whatever's going to come and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I knew eventually something was going to come and they offered the Kevin Lee fight. And they originally offered it for August 7th. And I was like, all right, that's completely fine. Let's do it then. And then um, it went on for about like a week or so where we didn't really hear anything. They were waiting to hear back and we didn't know what was happening. And then they said, do you want to do it July 10th? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I, at this point, I'll, I'll, I'll take any date. So uh, <laughs> and I originally, when that July 10th card got like put together i wanted to get on that uh a couple months ago so here i am and i'm on it and i got a big name and i got everything i asked for so no complaints for me there you go and you went from a fight night car to like maybe the biggest pay-per-view event of the year in front of in front of people like if they push this fight back to august 7th you'd be fighting in an empty arena again and now you get a sold out yeah. t-mobile arena this is the first time you've been able to experience this in a little while now how, how exciting is that for you to be able to not just have this fight, but to do it in front of a sold out crowd? Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of uh it's kind of crazy, you know, and I really got to keep thinking about it because it's going to be a huge moment and it's going to be, uh, I got to prepare myself for it. You know, I haven't fought in front of people in a little while and I've never fought in front of the magnitude that this is going to be of a crowd. You know, it's a Conor McGregor card. It's going to be massive. So, um, I'm just mentally preparing myself for what that walkout's going to feel like and everything like that. But at the end of the day, when we get in there, it's just going to be a fight. So uh, I'm I'm good at fighting, and once we get in there, I'll, I'll do what I always do. But I'm definitely excited to be part of another huge pay-per-view. That last one I was on was a historic pay-per-view with all those. It was stacked from top to bottom, and now I'm on another amazing pay-per-view card with Connor and Dustin and all these guys. And then I got two other guys in my division who are at the top of the division fighting. So it's going to be nice to, to see how everything plays out. Yeah. It's, it's been a while since we've seen Kevin compete. He last fought in March of last year. It was like the first event where we had the empty arena. Everything was starting to get shut down because of the pandemic. And he got submitted by Charles Oliveira and he's had some gnarly injuries. I think he tore both of his ACLs along the way. Plus He's kind of had some struggles with the swings of the sport because, as you know, this game and this sport is cl clearly not for everybody. And sometimes yeah. you got to take a look in the mirror and find your why. Like, why do you do this? And he seems like he's yeah. found it once again. So I'm curious, like as a guy yourself who's 14 and 0 and you've been a highly touted prospect for a long time. Is that something you've had to deal with at any point in your career? Yeah, I mean, we all have our own own struggles, I guess, in a way. Like, and I was kind of going through it where it's like I'm climbing the ranks and I'm getting more recognized. And I'm getting up there and my name's getting bigger. And then I couldn't get a fight, you know. And like you mentioned, Islam, like he's going through the same thing right now. Like he, he couldn't get anybody in the top fifteen. He had to take a fight outside of that. So I was just getting kind of frustrated with that. But it is what it is, you know. And at the end of the day, it's not just fighting. You know, there's all kinds of other things that play into it. And I had to just let the, the cards play out. And 
I got a good hand, so um, I'm excited to to capitalize on it. So you're kind of dealing, you kind of experienced this more recently than, you know, say maybe earlier yeah. in your career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, before I got signed to the UFC, um, there was a point in my career where I definitely like had serious talks with my girlfriend, my now fiance. If I didn't make it at a certain time, like what we were going to do, you know, and uh, if I was going to have to start working because we were buying the house right before I got signed to the UFC and there was definitely some serious talks but uh so I've had my own struggles with that and like you said this game ain't for everybody and I tell people that all the time like a lot of kids coming up like they see guys like having success and making money I'm like listen it ain't all sunshine and rainbows you know so uh you really got to have a good support system behind you and a lot of people that support you because if not it's a it's a long lonely road is Kevin a guy you've been watching over the years? Like, I know he's been a 55er most of his career, but is he a guy that you've been kind of a fan of along the way? Yeah, for sure. Kevin's, I have nothing bad to say about Kevin. Kevin's a great fighter. You know, he's had some ups and downs. He's super dangerous. He's beat a lot of good guys. He's lost to really good guys. I remember him fighting RDA at 170. I was watching that, you know. Um, so I've been watching Kevin forever, and I've been watching him a lot more lately. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. He's He's almost like a similar me, you know, he's a shorter guy, stockier guy. You know, I think I might be a, a little bit bigger. Like I could never make 155 pounds. Literally, you'd have to <laughs> cut off a, a limb for me to be able to make it. But um, yeah, so I think it's I think we have a lot of the same attributes and I, I think it's going to be a good fight. Of course, his name gets you excited. But, you know, you mentioned having similar attributes. This is like one attribute that he brings to the table that has you excited and feeling more challenged than anything else heading into July 10th? Um, I know he's going to, I, a lot of people don't try to grapple with me and, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to try to grapple with me. So that, uh, I think he's going to shoot on me and it's going to, I'm excited for it. You know, it's going to, uh, it's going to be fun. And I just want to, I I'm here to test myself against the best guys in the world. Kevin's one of the best guys in the world and I'm looking forward to testing myself against them. I know we're still five, six weeks away from this fight, but have you have you thought about how this ultimately plays out? Like, have you envisioned it all, like the finish of the fight or how this all goes down? Um, yeah, I've envisioned some stuff in training and the way my training's been going. But um, for me, I always it just win the fight. But obviously, I always want to finish the fight. So if I can submit them, I'm going to submit them. If I see a punch that I can land, I can put them out. I'm looking for that, you know. But um. I really think that my ground, my ground game and my submissions are miles uh, ahead of a lot of these guys. And uh, I think I'm just going to keep showing that and keep dominating on the ground where I've been dominating guys at. Where does a win over Kevin put you in this position? Like, do you feel as if beating him opens all these doors? Like, it doesn't just open them. You burst right through it to some of these other fights you've wanted. Like, maybe Li Jing Lang's, like, in the in the, in the the background now. Like, you just surge past him and start getting these guys in the top ten. Is this, like, a break-down-the-door kind of fight for you? Yeah, I feel like this is uh, – I feel like, obviously, every fight is – every fight's your biggest fight. But this is – I think this is my coming-out party for – a lot of people who don't know who I am, you know, they see me matched up against Kevin and the people who know I am, who I am are super excited to see me fight and uh, finally get to see me against a, a big name. You know, all these other guys are great fighters, but they didn't have the name that Kevin has. Kevin's name ha carries a lot of weight and uh, a lot of people are going to be excited to see how I do against one of the, the best guys in the world. 
What did you think of the reaction from the fans? I, I felt like this was a universally praised fight. They were like, oh, man, this is great. This is a great yeah. test. And normally in this sport, you don't get that that often. They, they might say, like, who is this guy or something like that? But it yeah. seems like this one has been universally praised. What have you made of that? The night that they uh, announced it, well, it, it all started to come out. I had to just turn my phone off because my phone was just blowing up. And uh, I didn't see, like, everyone was stoked about the matchup, you know? Like, my fans, his fans, it seemed like everyone was relatively on the same page about, like, just being excited and, like, cool with, like, all right, this 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 fight makes sense. Like, let's do it. That's how I feel, too, you know? It makes sense to me. He wants to come up. He's got a big name. He's got a ranking at lightweight. Let's do it. You mentioned the the big one at 170 in your division, Stephen Thompson and Gilbert Burns. You have to think that if Wonderboy wins that fight, a title shot is in his future. Gilbert Burns, he might need things to play out in a certain way for that to happen for him. But who do you like in that one? Like when you look at that fight, is there any? Does one do you favor one fighter over the other? I'm gonna have to feel, uh, favor Gilbert just because he's a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, and. Um, I think Wonder, but Wonder Boy is so hard to deal with, you know, and not many people have been able to crack his code. And it's going to be hard for Gilbert, but I think if Gilbert can play into his strengths and get a hold of him and drive him to the mat, it'll be a good night for him. But if Wonder Boy keeps you at the end of those sidekicks, it's going to be a long night, you know. So I'm excited to fight, be done, watch that, and be just be a fan after that. You know, the card's stacked. I'm going to get to watch Connor and. And Dustin, and it's going to it's going to be a ama- an amazing night. I, d- I did, of course, want to ask you about this. One of your mentors, longtime teammate, training partner, friend, Paul Felder, announces his retirement a little over a week ago. So, first thing I thought of was like, did Sean Brady know this is happening? Like, did you know this is coming? Did you know he was going to do that on the broadcast? No, I had no idea. I so when people would ask me what Paul was doing, I kind of had the. I was kind of, I've been trying to push Paul to fight. Like, come on, like, you still got it. You still got it. But at the end of the day, only he knew how he was feeling, you know, and um, he wants to be done. And so he's retired. He's happy. I know he has uh, his first race this weekend uh, as triathlete stuff. So once he's done that, he told me he's going to come in and help me out for the last five weeks of my camp. And uh, he's still going to be in the gym. He's going to keep helping me, keep helping me grow and keep helping me rise. And, uh, Paul, I think Paul could be a very good coach too. So I'd like to see him like stick around the gym and just help the guys out. And I, I think he'll do that. So I'm excited for him and I'm excited to see where all of it, his running and cycling and swimming goes, because I know my man's been putting in some work. <laughs> Is he going to be in the corner on July 10th? No, he's going to be there, though. He told me he's going to be there as a fan. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him there. We'll go out and uh, we'll, we'll celebrate afterwards. We'll drink some beers. So he'll still be obviously be in the gym training. He's going to help you out getting ready for this fight. He'll be on the broadcast. He'll still be very much involved in this crazy sport of ours. But is there any like Paul Felder, the fighter memories that stick out to you? Like, was there a certain performance he had that like really sticks with your memory? <laughs> when he uh, when he finished Charles Oliveira. I remember watching that fight and he was in, I think, I can't remember if it was an Anaconda or if it was a Dars. And it was one of the tightest chokes I've ever, I could hear him gargling. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like he's, he's going to go to sleep. Like there's no way he's not, I knew Paul, he's not going to tap. So he's going to go to sleep. And when he got out of that and Oliveira was exhausted and I remember him just being in his guard 
and he postured up and was just dropping punches and elbows and he finished them. And like, that is probably the best win he's ever had. And it's just gotten better and better and better over time. So my man's got a win over the champ. So uh, for him to retire and have that, can't, can't complain about that, you know, but that's probably, we have numerous like sparring stories and him being Paul and being a hothead and, I have many memories with Paul, and I'm sure I'm still going to have more. So I love Paul to death, and I'm, I'm happy he's happy. Can you give me one hothead Paul Felder story? Um, he was sparring my teammate, uh, Pat, uh, and he, I think he he dropped him, and he was standing over top of him, kind of like Charles Alvarez style, dropping punches. And my teammate was on the bottom, like, saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> and Paul just – Kept hammering him, and eventually he quit. He was like, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> so he's cursing at him. Paul's punching him until he quits. And, uh, yeah, so it was, this was years ago, but there, there's, there's a lot of good uh, angry Paul Felder sparring stories. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Really love the matchmaking here with this fight between Sean Brady and Kevin Lee. Picture perfect matchmaking, if we're being honest, because Brady deserves this shot. He deserves the opportunity to fight a name. Kevin Lee needs a tough fight to come back to, especially if he's going back up to 170. I think this is perfect. This is the fight to make, and it should be a lot of fun at UFC 264. As we move ahead to this Saturday... UFC's back, UFC Vegas 28, main event Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Augusto Sakai in the heavyweight division, but 
An interesting matchup at 155 pounds is we're going to see the second UFC appearance for one Jordan Levitt. He joins us right now on What the Heck. All right, let us welcome back Jordan Levitt to the program. He returns to the Octagon at the UFC's next event on June 5th. He's going to take on Claudio Playas. Always a pleasure to have the Monkey King join us. Jordan, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Of course, we're going to talk all about the fight, but right off the bat, the uh, the Monkey King and the Monkey Queen have been joined by the Monkey Princess. Back in January, you and your wife welcomed a baby daughter into the world, so congratulations officially now that I see you. How has uh, fatherhood been treating you thus far? Well, it's been treating me pretty dang good. I enjoy it. little person growing more complex like exponentially and smiles when she sees me. It's pretty nice. Yeah, we kind of, I remember our last conversation, we spoke about what it would mean to you to be a dad. And, you know, she hadn't arrived yet. She was about to. She was kind of knocking on the door. And, you know, you felt like a lot of that weight and pressure was lifted off your shoulders because of getting that win over Matt Wyman, got the bonus and such. It took a lot of pressure from the finances off of you. But being a parent puts you in this, like, tunnel vision state where it's not just about fighting it's like everything else it almost like forces you to do better at everything because you know now you're the role model you're the example and and your dad right now like are you feeling it in that way as well because i mean being a dad myself i know it really does change you doesn't it yeah it changes me in the, especially in the sense that there's more of a sense of urgency about the things that i do and more of a sense of purpose like it's much easier to take care of just you and your wife than it is to take care of you and your wife and the person that you're trying to grow into like a contributing human being in society and be a good example. So it definitely has brought a sense of urgency and I'm not a person that ever feels sense of urgency. I'm very flow, like, oh, it'll happen when things happen. But now I'm like trying to make things happen so I can, you know, be the dad that she deserves and do the things I, I'm supposed to do. So it definitely is, you know, yeah, like I said, tunnel vision, more of like a focusing focusing influence on my life. What's been kind of the breakout moment thus far, like that breakout discovery? Because when kids, like, like for example, like when kids see bubbles for the first time, it's like seeing a unicorn. So have there been like, I know she's super young, but has there been like any exciting things your daughter has like discovered in this new and exciting world? Well, I learned that only I can make her laugh. And when I laugh, like she'll laugh back, and it's kind of cool. We like share that little moment where like, I'm laughing at her laughing, and she's laughing at me laughing, and it's like a really, you know, it's like a silly thing. That's also kind of like a beautiful thing because I was like, especially of the belief, like all my siblings, like my older sister's five years apart, my younger sister's five years below me, so I don't really have a lot of memories of like a baby being around. So I kind of just took for granted. Oh, they're kind of like, their babies aren't very smart. You know, they're kind of like, like a house plant until they're like one or two. And then they become a person. But she's a person much faster than I anticipated and, you know, love her to death. And it's just really cool to see, like, even though, like, babies are very, you know, simple and emotional and stuff. It's really cool to see that like, I could bring her joy. And that she can bring me joy. And we're kind of like, you know, it's like, even though a relationship's just starting, it's kind of really deep. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. You're kindred spirits right away. Mm -hmm. I know you were, you're obviously on cloud nine now being a dad, but you were on cloud nine after the win over Matt Wyman. And, you know, that was your first knockout win with that slam. And you were basically open to two options. It was either 
you know, be there for your wife for the last stage of the pregnancy fight sometime like in the first half of 2021, or you were hoping to maybe bounce back and get on that December 19th card. So I'm curious, I'm wondering if anything was actually brought to your attention for a quick turnaround after the Wyman fight. There were a few last minute things for, for me to fill in the week of, and it didn't, you know, it didn't materialize, which is fair. 2020, I, I was super blessed. I had plenty of fights. And a lot of fighters, they were just kind of stranded for a year. So you know, they gave, the UFC made the, the better decision and like giving more people a shot to provide for themselves. I really wanted to get on that card. And then they told me to be ready for March. So I've been skinny since March. And I haven't been this skinny for a fight ever. So if I lose, it's because I'm undersized and the UFC screwed me. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. So, I mean, listen, now you got that extra time with with the fam, which is always great. And now we have a date. We have an opponent, Claudio Poyas, and this is going to be his fourth UFC walk. More of a grappling heavy style, kind of like yourself. And, And like the more I think about this fight, the more I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two of you guys. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. So I was saying in a previous interview, he's like, do you think this fight can be exciting? I'm like, honestly, it could probably be very awkward. Like, there's a pretty good chance this fight's going to be an ugly, strange, off-rhythm decision. But I hopefully I'll finish him. I'm, I'm trying to finish him for you guys. But, yeah, when this fight was given to me, I was like, that that's this could either be really good or really, really drum sluggish. He, uh... He's more of, um, he's a reactionary, Like he walks forward, he gets scared and flustered, then he takes people down, and which I would do the same thing if people ever pressure me, they just don't yet. And I'm a person who presses forward and then takes them down. So I feel like this fight will be decided on who's more comfortable on the feet and who's more comfortable being patient. And I feel like I, I love pressure. I love scrambles. I love when things get going. I feel like he shies away from it. And we're both young. So even though he hasn't fought in OB like a year and a half on fight night, like I remember how much I improved from 22 to 24, and I imagine he'll improve just as much. So if I fight Claudio Poyes from 2018 to 2019, I think I, I think it should be there's very clear, there's several clear paths to victory for me. But I'm really hoping I, I want this to be a hard fight. I haven't had a hard pro fight yet, and I kind of got into this to grow as a fighter and I'm out here looking for a loss, not so much as looking for wins. So I really hope that he's game. I would really appreciate it if he was game. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't really seen a lot of you on the feet, especially in your last couple of fights, like with the, with the striking a whole lot. So, I mean, you're a guy who loves challenges and I feel like this could present an interesting challenge because you said it would be kind of awkward, you know, some of that wrestling and the grappling sort of negates itself and you guys would just stand there on the feet. But you know, do you feel like you're, we're going to see a little bit more of that game that you have in this fight? Like, are we going to see, you know, Jordan Levitt throwing them bombs on June oh, 5th? I'm, I'm planning on it. <laughs> I know I have the power advantage. I know it. I know I'm not scared of getting hit. I, I just, I just, even though I have no reason to believe so from past experiences, I have no evidence in my favor. I just, I don't think he can hurt me, and I think I can hurt him on the feet. And I don't think I'm going to shoot first. Uh, I have dreams about the fight. And every time it plays out, I'm not panic shooting. I think he's going to panic shoot. I think they accepted this fight. They're okay. The grappling's going to cancel each other out, which it won't because I'm a better grappler. But 
if it does, I think they're going to be on the they're going to be on in be on the stool after the second round and be like, you need to knock this guy out. We don't know what's happening, and that's the plan. Pressure, confusion. Um, pressure makes diamonds or dust, and most people don't turn to diamonds. So we'll see what happens. Well said. Oh yeah, I saw you've been um, getting in some work with Neil Melanson. That guy is one of the more underrated gems from a coaching perspective in the sport. And you haven't seen like a whole lot of him around, like at least in the public eye over the last few years. And he's obviously cornered a lot of big names, helping get to to the next level, to world titles, etc. Like, how much of an eye opener has it been adding Neil to the mix? It's been. I've never been humbled with grappling. I've always kind of been a savant for grappling like it came to me very naturally but when i train of neil he'll explain things like in 12 words and i'll be like i feel so stupid for not coming to the same conclusion and you know and he's a big guy but you know he's also has betchets he's blind you know has a has basically one functional arm because he has a torn tricep and we'll roll and he'll murder me like there is not a thing i can do and I'm learning so many like mean tricks, which my style is very flowy, not a lot of like brutalness in what I do. And he's basically he's he's taking it to the next level a little bit. My style is going to be a little bit more sadistic, especially if I get to do some Neil Melanson stuff. And I'm very blessed to finally get to work with him like regularly, regularly, um, two to three times a week. Because I, you know. I remember buying his triangle book when it first came out when I was in high school. And I remember buying his instructionals and it's just wild to have him, you know, on my side now, sadly, he can't corner me, but hopefully for the next fight, he'll be able to make it. Why not? Um, just quarantines and health issues. You know, he doesn't want to commit if he can't be sure if he can make it. And I would totally understand. Um, you know, like a bad shit just like Crohn's disease, like on steroids. And I would hate for him to feel pressured and not feel well and stuff. Yeah. Especially when we're quarantined for several days. It's kind of is a recipe for disaster, I imagine. So hopefully next fight, we'll get to see some Neil Melanson in my corner. Well, you get to bring some of that Neil with you into this fight. And, you know, I was I was actually wondering about this because a lot of times when you come off of a finish like you had, like a big time memorable debut there's like an added pressure that comes along to try and top it. Like I know Joaquin Buckley after that insane spin kick knockout of Impa Kasangadai, he had last year, like he admitted that he felt extra pressure to try to live up to or even top that moment, which is like almost impossible to do. Something tells me not a lot weighs on your shoulders. Like you said, you're very flow. And now you got Neil Melanson teaching you all these sadistic things. But do you feel like in a way you, you've had to battle with that in the back of your mind at all? So... To be honest, I still mostly see my last knockout victory as more of a lucky happening. I never trained for that. And it was like in the moment, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then my forearm here and I slam and I could get an, and then it happened. So it'd be different if like I trained those things. And then that was like a that was like a tool I knew was in the I knew was in my toolbox. But since it's it's not really characteristic of my style, I kind of I don't plan on it probably ever doing that again. So. For me, since it was like a happy accident, I don't feel any pressure. I am, I mean, I mean, it's the fastest debut in my division history. It's a slam knockout, all these cool things. But like, it's just a fist fight at the end of the day. I don't see why so many guys make it so much crazier, more important than it is. If this guy would have pushed me on the playground, I would have pushed him back and he would have fought. And now we just get paid to do it. So if I, a win's a win. If I could top, 
last time. That'd be wonderful, but can't really you can't really top that highlight. So I'm just gonna go out there, no expectations except to show more of my skills. Hopefully, a little bit more time, a little bit more ring time. I'm gonna get ring rust of all these first round finishes. So, yeah. How does like how, how does that Zen state stick with you? Like as a fighter, because not like you said, not a lot of people think that way. They just, you know, it's it's everything. Fighting is everything to them. And, you know, while it's a big part of your life, you're not, you know, putting all that extra weight of of the fight game and, you know, and taking all that with you everywhere you go. You just this is what I do and it's cool and I like it and it's fun. Like, where does that come from? Like, have you always been like that? Towards the end of high, like I used to be a very anxious, very shy person, and I didn't do well with like social things, and I wasn't very popular, and I was horrible at first impressions, and you know, bad at dating, and blah, all the things that ner- little nerdy, weird, you know, fruity kids from Las Vegas suffer from. So, my senior year, I kind of like had like an epiphany where I was like, I gotta be happy with myself. I got to be comfortable like with who I am. And, and if people aren't comfortable with that, it doesn't matter. Like you can't win everybody. And I kind of was kind of gained the courage to be disliked by other people. And once I stopped, you know, worrying about how people perceive me, it allowed me to really come out of my shell. And I really feel like a lot of people put on like a facade, especially in the fight game. They have this alter ego. They try to show the world and it's not really who they are. And, I can't imagine like wearing like a mask again, going back in my shell. It's, you know, I'd rather live this life, like working this career, being who I am, than leaving this sport and being like, oh yeah, this is who I was trying to find myself again. I've already found myself and I like who I see. I like who I see in the mirror. I like to fight and I just, it's just a fight. At the end of the day, like I prefer to win. And I prefer to get the win bonus and, you know, everything is better when you win. But I'm mostly just fine because I love it. And all the other benefits are just, you know, um, accessory. That is so cool, man. Like, that's a, that's got to be such a freeing feeling. Like, outside of having a screaming baby in the house, you must sleep tremendously on a, on a nightly basis. Not having to deal with that anxiety that a lot of other people deal with. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I always joke with like my wife and my friends. I'm like, anxiety is for people who need to create problems for themselves. Because I was raised by my mom. My mom's like been the, my, been the rock of like my life. You know, she raises like three kids on her own. Um, Chris had all started a business and she did a really good job. And she didn't start having anxiety until we all kind of grew up. And now she like has less worries. You know, I feel like a lot of times when... You have a struggle and you have hardships in your life. You get addicted to those things and a lot of, you know, create problems for them to overcome. But, you know, life's already hard, even with a positive attitude, even when like it's lovely and everything goes according to plan. Life's still, life's still a lot life. Crap happens. But I ain't gonna, I'm not going to create any more problems for myself than, you know, what God's been put in my path. And, you know, Perhaps I'm not as intense as I could be. Perhaps I could be better if I was more competitive, more driven, and I kind of like gave into that ego. But honestly, I'm just like so blessed to be at where I am in my life at this age, 
with like my health intact and my mental my mental faculties, you know, unaffected. You know, my life's in God's hands, and I'm aware of that. And I'm just really gonna be thankful for any blessings I'm blessed with. So I'm a lot of the times I'm not sure if I'm like worthy of all the great things that's happened for me. That's uh yeah, that's something that a lot of people have to deal with and weigh in the back of their minds. But you don't want to create problem, problems for yourself. But on June fifth, you plan on creating problems for one Claudio Pueyes. How do we get this done? Do we have do we have an official Jordan Levitt prediction here? I'm gonna pressure him. He's gonna shoot, and I'm gonna submit him and punish him for his insolence. And that's the problem. <laughs> You can see like the effect Rose, uh, Roxanne Montefiore has on you because that's like very similar to how she predicts fights. Yeah, she's my hero. You know, Roxy's really been a big influence. Um, you know, helped me gain that courage to be disliked, so to speak. You know, it's very She's like an anime protagonist. You know, happy-go-lucky. She changes the people around her for the better. And, you know, she, she changed my life and my career for the better. And it's given me a lot of courage to be who I am. And it's worked out great. So, you know, thankful to her, thankful for her all the time. How's she doing? She's doing good. Walking better every day after her knee surgery. And, you know, and she just seems very happy and sad. And I'm excited for her to get back out there and to do what she does best. As uh, are a lot of people watching this right now. So just to sort of keep in w with tradition, Jordan, we'll, we'll wrap the chat up by checking in on the Jordan Levitt book suggestion for all the peeps out there. I know you like to challenge yourself on a yearly basis to read a, a certain number of books. Uh, have you set a number for yourself this year? I know life has changed a little bit in 2021, but uh, if so, is there something new and exciting you read that you've read recently that you would recommend to the folks watching and listening right now? So I'm, my goal is for between 50 and 60 books this year. I'm trying not to do too crazy a number, 75 to 100. It's really stressful. But if I had to recommend one book book series that I've really enjoyed this year, they're Murderbot Diaries and stuff. They're a novella series, um, nice little sci-fi. Each, like maybe there are like six of them, all three-hour long reads. They're really good. I'm not a big fan of sci-fi, but it's kind of following like a robot who's like learning how to be an individual so yeah the murder the murder bot series by for sure i definitely recommend that highly there are a million bad ways to start your morning off the no coffee traffic jam the soggy morning jog the why is the dog taking so long just go already walk but you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using method hair care products Designed with high-quality ingredients, Method's new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine. And hey, if you're a night shower kind of person, that's great too. Try Pure Peace infused with peony, rose water, and quinoa protein. Or Simply Nourish, crafted with coconut, rice milk, and shea butter. Or Daily Zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, 
Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Say what you will about that man, but he is uniquely him. Jordan Levitt, like him or not, he is who he is. He ain't changing for anybody, and he's such an interesting guy. He shouldn't change who he is. This is how he should be. And I appreciate how he just kind of, you know, lets all this stuff roll off his shoulders. You know what I mean? Like, you can like him, you can dislike him, and he doesn't care. He's just going to continue being Jordan Levitt, and uh, that's why he sleeps so well at night. So appreciate the candor, the openness, and uh, congratulations on him becoming a father as well. As we welcome in another individual coming off his first Octagon victory, He's about to become a father for the second time. His win came a little less than two weeks ago in an absolute barn burner at UFC Vegas 27. Let us welcome to What the Heck for the first time, Jared Vandera. All right, let us welcome Jared Vandera to the show, coming off his first UFC win and first UFC bonus in his fight of the night, unanimous decision win over Justin Taffa this past Saturday at UFC Vegas 27. Jared, good to see you, man. Congratulations on the win. How are you? Sorry about that. I just had, uh, I just finished my freaking kombucha, forcing myself to drink that. Uh, it's not a fun time. Uh, no, it, it's good. Uh, I'm sore. I'm excited that I won. I really didn't expect five of the night. That's a, that's a nice little bonus. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired still. Friend, like for me, it's usually I don't feel the next day. Like the next day, like yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Excuse me, again, that kombucha kicks my ass. Uh, I don't. I usually don't feel the next day. It's it's usually the second day. It's for me two days is when I get beat up. I'm just like. Oh, I feel everything. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you got to get that gut health in check with the kombucha, man. I hear you. Yeah, like, to anyone that tells you that kombucha tastes good, they're lying to you, and they're not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with you. I, I have friends who swear by it, and they say it's delicious, and I'm like, what are you drinking? I don't, I don't believe you, because I've never... No, I mean, I, I, I obviously understand the, like, the goodness behind it and what it does for you, like, on the inside and stuff, but it tastes horrendous. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the only one I tolerate is the turmeric one because turmeric doesn't taste that good. But they have, like, this, like, uh, I saw this, like, golden pineapple. Now I'm like, I like pineapple. 
I just no, no this is an insult to pineapple. It's just <laughs> this. Like it's like it's like a really spicy carrot. Yeah, it's good stuff. And it's like uh, okay, I can tolerate it. Well, that's good. If you can find one that you like, you gotta you gotta stick by that one for sure. But. No matter what life has to offer you, Jared, you always remember your firsts and you got that proverbial monkey off your back. You got the first UFC win. You got some extra loot in the old bank account. That's got to feel good. As tired as you are right now, kind of thinking about that stuff probably makes you feel a little bit better, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it takes off the burden of like my business and all the, you know, business factors. I'm going to try to be, what's it called, a little bit more responsible with money because I'm, God forbid, awful with money. Uh, so try to act uh, try to act more of a, like an adult. But, yeah, no, I'm just trying to get my actual businesses kind of in order, get that situated. Um, so that definitely helps, and I have a kid on the way, so having that win bonus definitely helps but going into the fight that was actually my last uh my last thing i was like yeah i'm not i'm not worried about it like everyone's like oh you need to i'm like i'm not going to stress over having having this uh you know extra pressure over you know a bonus i just like i'd rather go out there performing whatever helps me win or if i get that bonus from a good fight cool because my plan, though, was not, like, like everyone was like, oh, go out there and get that bonus. But I'm like, you know the game plan, right? Like, we agreed the game plan was to wrestle him and take him aground, hump his leg a few times, and choke him out. That's not that exciting of a game plan. I'm like, that's kind of a boring fight. I'm like, I'm not planning on this actually working out. They're like, Nah, bro. You got this. I'm like, all right. And then you saw how well that turned out. <laughs> yeah. The leg humping, that that grappling exchange, fucking pristine. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I I will say that like one of the first things I noticed when Bruce Buffer, looking dapper as always, introduced you. You were looking svelte, my man. Like, I'm not saying you weren't in good shape before, but you looked, like, in really good shape. You looked bigger. You looked stronger. You were a little more lean. Like, I don't know. Like, that that was pretty noticeable to me, man. Like, was I correct in that assessment? Like, I, I felt like you didn't look like – it wasn't, like, two different people, but you definitely looked in way better shape this time around. Yeah. Uh, God, it, 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 it's a weird one. So, like, I, I'm one of those people that fluctuate weight. Uh, really bad like uh, okay uh, so like last year uh, you know going through a rough patch in the relationship you know I was able to drop a lot of weight uh, from like you know just dealing with that Um, and then my fight gets postponed so it gives me uh, you know it gave me some time to actually work you know with my my personal life and you know we got that back on track you know we you know had to do the necessary steps to get to where it's now and uh, but like 
after we got things back on the road in my personal life, I was like, oh, yeah, da-da-da. And then my Contender Series site, I wasn't as lean as I wanted to. Then going into my first, like, immediately going from a Contender Series site, uh, scheduled five weeks out for another fight. Excuse me. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for this fight. I, like, I felt like I looked good. I was ready. COVID. I got, I, I, I had it. I'm like, fuck. Then they got postponed. And the three, uh, the week in December that I got tested positive for about three weeks, I just kind of sat on the couch and did absolutely nothing. I went from like 267 straight up all the way to fucking like 290 in about three weeks. Yeah, all I did was like me and the fiance ordered fast food, basically all three meals, and I beat Cyberpunk twice <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i shot up uh i shot up to like 290 and i was like yo I, I i really can't you know do this and then i started like getting into getting ready for that fight uh a little too heavy i like and the week of i like i came in the week of at like 277 like fuck I'm not you know I'm not looking great and then like a month out I started working with a strength and conditioning guy and wrestling but you know I had like I don't want to say anywhere from six weeks to a month with him it's not a lot of time and effort to put into somebody so they didn't necessarily so come to my Sergey fight did, did not I, I just look like shit um now fast forward to this last fight I you know I spent about two two three weeks enjoying myself um after the after the fight I'm like all right let's take a moment you know you you know train hard it just didn't go your way and then I like I started getting back on you know dieting and stuff and I made that the big focal point of my camp I'm like hey let's work on my diet let's work on making sure I'm eating right, blah, 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 blah. Let's get the food in you. Let's start working out a lot more. I did strength and conditioning for a good, I would say, about eight weeks of this camp. And the last three or four, it was just, um, just cardio training for the fight. And so when I came in the week of, I was a little nervous because the week prior I was like 170 or 270. I wish I was 170. <laughs> like two, yeah, like, all right, I'm 270. I, like I'm like, and then I had to go in day early because of my get my nose checked and uh, my uh, fiance she's pregnant and all that jazz. So we went out a day early. So I was like, fuck, I'm in Vegas for a whole day. You know, we were eating out. I like we try to eat as clean as possible because Vegas has a lot of good options offside the strip. So I go in Tuesday. I weigh myself at like two sixty. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm there. I'm on weight." And I on Thursday we went to the PI, did a little quick workout for about an hour, Um, and then after that, you know, I ate some dinner. Weighed myself at like 266, 267. I was like, oh 
shit, look at me. Man, wait. I uh, woke up. I weighed myself that morning. I was like at 265 point something. I was like, I don't have to do shit. Got on the scale and stuff, and I waited, and I was at 264 or something. I was like, awesome. I was the only heavyweight that didn't have to cut to make weight. And I think it really showed, like, physically that my strength and conditioning, my cardio, I look leaner. I, I hope I do. So still not as lean as I want. And it's just, you know, with a lot of life issues, I've always kind of put my nutrition on the back burners. So it definitely, you could see it hit me in all of my, like, especially the last two fights, you could obviously see but when I kind of put a little bit more forth, I felt like I showed a little bit better in this last fight. And good for me, or good thing, but bad thing for me is like my fiance has a judicial diabetes right now. Uh, so it's, it's going to help me maintain staying on a diet for her sake, you know, being pregnant and having that uh, diabetes because of the placenta, you know, you, we want to make sure she's eating right. And I don't want to be one of those people that, oh, you have to eat healthy now. I already did that. It's my turn to eat like a fat person. Like, let me get all the food that you want and eat in front of you. Instead of doing that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? We'll eat, we'll eat healthy together. So I took two, two days of just, you know, eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want. And as of like this morning, I'm back on dieting and stuff and I'm trying to lean out even more so for my next fight. Yeah, it's amazing, like being with somebody who's pregnant because it's kind of like you're pregnant with them. So whatever sort of cravings and stuff that they have or whatever they 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 choose to eat or have to eat, you kind of go along with the ride. Like I remember when my, my wife was pregnant, she would have all these like crazy different cravings and I'd be like. Okay, I will do that as well. So, you know, she put on pregnancy weight, and, and, and so did the hubby. I put on some pregnancy weight myself. Yeah, no, I, I get, like, the sympathy injuries. Like, like my hips would pop out. All, like, so I, I, I've dislocated. I'm a person that dislocates easily. It just happens. But my hips dislocate pretty often also. Lauren, my fiance, she like during this pregnancy, her hips been popping out in and out of place. Guess whose hips been pop- popping out? So fucking much is ridiculous. I oh, fuck my hip. I'm like, Excuse me, give me a minute. Let me try to pop this back into place. Oh, it happened so many where my coaches were like, "You need to stay away from her." Like. <laughs> No, you can't, but, like, you've broken because of her. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. It wasn't the best, but it happened. Yeah. I, I Outside of, like, some of the, you know, the weight issues you were dealing with heading into the Spivak fight, I know you didn't feel completely like yourself. There's a lot going on in your life. And because it's pretty rare that, after a contender series fight you call somebody out and it actually comes to fruition like even before you got the contract you called out Spivak or maybe it was right after you got the contract and then they booked that fight like right away and you know got rebooked and everything because you dealt with the COVID but fight happens it didn't go your way outside of like some of the other things you were dealing with the underlying 
sort of problems that you were having heading in. What were some other things you, you took away from that fight in February? Um, it, to, uh, was it? it was weird because even though I remained on the bottom of the fight, you know, I'm, I can't, you know, it was like, yo, like after kind of like figuring out what happened, stuff, it's like his ground wasn't this, this amazing thing. It was just like, oh, I, I could grapple with him. Like I could have grappled with him properly if I pulled my head out of the, my ass and executed things. I, I, I was more nervous and like, oh, lights so pretty. And I do think that 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 it getting postponed mentally fucked with me because I think we I'm not gonna say we would have had a completely different outcome, but we would have had a different completely fight different fight if I fought to be back on that five week notice versus my uh, my second time in February. Uh, I will say this, you know. Hypothetically, if I beat Speedback, it would have put me on the fast track into like maybe even the top twenty slash top fifteen a lot sooner. And I don't mind that, but I'm kind of glad that I'm taking a little bit longer of a road uh, because I feel like if I rushed it, you know, like maybe my career wouldn't have been, or like a, a potential future of my career wouldn't have been as long lasting as it possibly can be because you know you see those guys that get put in a good position and shot up the ranks immediately and then you know they win a few fights then they lose and then they lose hard and i don't want to be one of those guys i don't you know if i lose i mean oh shit i lost or i just bounce back to, you know and I can bounce back home i don't want to be one of those people that oh i lose lose five six more and then I have to retire or something so like I'm like it's a it's a double edged sword uh, you know it's like yeah I could have been maybe better in my career but at the same time it's not the worst position to be in yeah I, I think you you make some really good points there and then you know that that all falls out you get Justin Taffa and that guy, despite not having a ton of professional MMA experience, the man is powerful, he's tough as nails, and he is a gamer. That guy will fight anybody and, and be ready to go. He's a good test for a lot of guys in that division because not just some of those th those sort of descriptions of him, but he's a super durable guy, too. It's very tough to put away. I know Jorgen put him away, but still, that was kind of like an anomaly looking at the rest of his career. But did you feel like that was a perfect next step for you, like a good test coming off of the Spivak fight? Yeah, no, I I think that was a, a, you know, not necessarily a guy that has the experience that I have getting the cage, but, you know, has a good kickboxing background. You know, I was like, you know what, beating him, I could show people that I'm a good jiu-jitsu person, but obviously we saw how good my jiu-jitsu was showing in that fight. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, like people forget that I'm a striker. Like I, I get like I've got a few messages like, "Oh, your striking improved so much since Speedback fight." I'm like, I remember winning the striking exchanges against uh, Sergey. I'm like, it's not a lot of things I'm certain of, but I beat him in the feet. That's why he took me down and kept me there for like nine minutes. <laughs> 
I'm like, my stand-up was good. Yeah, I missed one head kick. And I mean centimeters, inches, wherever you're from. That I was like, close. I saw a picture of my cat, like, touched the top of his head. I'm like, no. I would have won that fight, too. If I was a little bit, little bit lower. But, hey, you know, um... Regardless, I, I like it, I learned a lot going into that fight, and fighting Tafa I think was a good fight for me, uh, just because it allowed me to show that I am someone that's capable of taking a punch, being able to deliver some, and also kind of deal with his pressure. You know, deal with someone that is, you know, he's not necessarily the best, but he's a little bit more technical of a striker than a lot of the other heavyweights. That a lot of them do rely on power. He does come from a place that has. You know, a place that, you know, teaches setups and knows how to use all of their weapons. So I was able to, you know, counteract them, show my weapons, and I thought it was a good time. And you literally bled for this win. I mean, everywhere. Like, your half your body was covered in blood. It was like the movie Carrie in, in a way. But it wasn't like this gigantic potential fight-stopping cut either. I mean, we could still see it. Like, the, the you get the little cut on your nose, and there's the cut right there. I'm sure you bled in fights before, but when you actually like saw the size of the cut, were you like, really? Like all of that blood from from that little cut? No, I, I'm a bleeder. I've okay. I get cuts. I, I I've literally over a hundred and now twenty five stitches in my face. So definitely not my first cut. I have a strong feeling it won't be my last. <laughs> Like, uh, you could see maybe the cut from the Sergey still lingering around here, the scar tissue. Uh, I, I, I think this eye also, I split it open once where it was 14 stitches, like four internal and then 11 across that, that one was pretty bad. Uh, when I broke my nose, the first time going against Sean, Sean Strickland, that one I think was maybe my bloodiest. That was just the bloodiest training. Just blood everywhere. I'm just like, God damn. How many stitches so, for the head? A three, I think, three or four. It's really not that big. Uh, this one, uh, just one. He he was like, I don't know if I'm. Uh, he goes, I'm gonna stitch this one just in case. It's not that bad, but. Just in case, I'm like, I. Uh, so, yeah, that 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 was the bleeder. Do you know, like, was it was it a punch? Like, I, I, I we were wondering, like, if it was like the tip of the glove that that cut you. Oh well, some people think it's a. I don't remember. Like, I really don't. I just remember. Oh, there's blood. Who's bleeding? <laughs> I'm like, most likely me. I'm like. I guess there was a point where there was a light headbutt or like a head touch. I was like, and then blood everywhere. I'm like, that was so dumb of me. Like, all right, carry time. (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you knew how tough top was heading into the fight. You landed 121 significant strikes throughout it. You, you had him rattled a bit in the first round and he just kept coming throughout the 15 minutes. So at any point in the fight where you're starting to think like, damn dude, like what is keeping this guy standing right now? Uh, yes and no. Uh, like he was able to recover a lot and I knew when I heard him too. 
because the power he threw when I rocked him, and he started throwing freaking heat. I was like, Phew. like there was a few times I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I had my hands up or I moved. That came in hard because there was a few times he hit my hand. I'm just like, ow, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, that good. Be like, it was good to know when he was hurt. Like, I'm like, okay, I could try to put him away. And I didn't want to, like, go in there, like, yeah, 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 rushing in. Because I think, you know, we'll, we'll go back to one of his fights. I think this kind of what happened with him and uh, Castro. I think he rocked Castro. He ran in there face up, hands down, and Castro just caught him. And I'm like, I don't want a repeat of that. So I was like, all right, you know what? I might have to, you know, touch him, touch him, and try to get myself back in there. But sometimes... When I touch him, it kind of gave him time to heal and recover a bit. But I rather, I rather him recover a bit instead of me being foolish and maybe catching myself with a big punch and losing the fight, be a knockout or something. You get the win, the bonus. Uh, was it fifty? Was it fifty G's? Or yeah, I have. I haven't even got the bonus just yet. Yeah, I know that's a little bit extended. Yeah, the bonuses are a bit more extended than I thought. So, I'm assuming it's five, uh, fifty grand. I'm not gonna cry either way. Fifty or seventy-five, I'm perfectly fine with either. Yeah, because so. I mean, th- that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, oh man, like if you fought a week earlier, you would have got seventy-five. But at the same token, if you had fought a week earlier, you would you would have been up against the Burgos Barboza fight. You would have been up against the title fight. So all in all, this worked out just great for you, did it not? Like, I'm not upset with it at all. <laughs> my, like, through them, I, I had a fun fight, you know? And I think me, I, I know, like, Toffa messaged me afterwards, like, yo, that was fun. He goes, I'm glad that we both got, he was like, I'm glad we got a fight of the night, too. Because, like, we both get paid 50 grand. So I'm like, fucking yeah. We, 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 both, we both had a fun time fighting, and I think... You know, having that extra money on both ends, you know, makes us happy. Couldn't agree more. So where do we go from here with this newfound momentum? Like, we, we got the medical suspensions. Doesn't appear like there's anything besides those two cuts that are going to keep you out for any significant amount of time. Are you looking to sort of keep the train moving and get right back in there? Or do you want to, you know, take a little time, smell the rose a little bit, and, and get something on the books before the year's over? Oh, we're looking September. Okay. Um, what was it three, three and a half months? Yeah, that's a good amount uh, of time. Yeah, my my unborn daughter is supposed to be arriving anywhere from July to August. So we're like July to August, September. That I mean, we're like that seems reasonable. Yeah, so, gives you some time with the family. Get a get adjusted to having the. The crying baby in the house, you know, hopefully you get lucky and the new baby sleeps through the night and it makes life a little easier on you. I'm that lucky. Plus my <laughs> life. So I'm just like, I'm going to be a hell yeah and this one going to cry all the time. So I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Any any particular name stick out to you? I mean, there's obviously I mean, heavyweight. There's a lot of fun, interesting matchups for you. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you right now? Uh, I was thinking, you know, like I was liking, you know, Orlowski just because I'm a fan and I would love to fight Orlowski. Uh, ben Roswell, just because we both won on the same card. Uh, you know, fair enough call out. 
And lastly, you know, someone said this, and I, I was like, I don't hate the idea of Dontel Mays. I feel like that could be a fun fight, interesting and fun. So I was like, I'm down for that one too. So, but if they're like, hey, you want to fight so and so? Sure. I'm not going to cry. Like, I like fighting, so I'm not going to be like, I'm like, we could, we'll fight them all. We'll do it all. So, earn that ranking spot. Just fight everybody. Exactly. There you go. So, I mean, obviously 2021 is a much different year than 2020 was for you. And it was 2020 was very busy for you in the cage out of it. I know you dealt with a lot. So you obviously feel like at this point in 2021, you're just in a much better spot than you were a year ago. Oh, yeah. Well, especially after this weekend, way better spot. (laughs) Uh, Because like last year, we I just bought business. And we had a like I was getting my final inspection from the police department before the police department the day they called COVID for the pandemic. So we had it. We were closed for about two, three months. We were stressing. Uh, luckily, our landlords were like, "You just moved in here. We're not going to kick you guys out." Plus, we weren't making any money. Regardless, so it's like you know what what's what's the point of having a few extra on this of not making money, um, and you know so we, you know once we opened we opened up in, June and they're like oh yeah you have that time in June open up I'm like all right cool so we opened up and we just stayed open in June, so I'm definitely in a better place now than I was uh, last. Really interesting stuff there from Jared Vandera. The uh, kombucha stuff was a little gnarly, but very funny nonetheless. Excited to see what is next for him in the heavyweight division. There's definitely a lot of fun scraps ahead of him. As we get ready to wrap up the show this week, as always, we say thank you to all of you for watching or listening to the program. However you consume this show each and every week, it means a lot. Thank you for the support. As far as the rest of the scheduling this week here on MMAfighting.com, everything stays the same. A-side's back a little bit later on today as you see this. Between the links tomorrow, we'll have preview shows, all that stuff on Friday. Then we'll have uh, the the People's Pre-Fight Show before UFC Vegas 28. We'll have a post-fight show and all sorts of craziness. And then everything's sort of back to normal next week, including this program, back here next Tuesday. Shout out to Casey on the production side, Jose and Cool Alex on the graphics and the social media stuff. As always, have a heck of a week, everybody. We leave you with one of the top bantamweights on the planet coming off his biggest career win to date, Rob Font. All right, you know this man. Big win this past Saturday in the main event of UFC Vegas 27. A dominant decision win over Cody Garbrandt. Biggest win of his career. And now the big question is, where does he go from here? Let us say hello (laughs) once again to Rob Fott. Rob, how are you, man? I'm feeling good, man. A little little beat up, but I'm feeling good, man. I can't complain. Got the first uh, big, big main event under our belt. Now we just, just, you know, on to the next one. I mean, how does how it all feel? I'm feeling good, man. Like I like I get like I said off air. Like I didn't just win a big main event uh, against a former world champion like you did, but uh, yeah, yeah. feeling pretty good nonetheless. But I mean, how does how does the win all feel a few days later? Like I know you expected to go in there and win, but this is your first main event, and you went out there and dominated for five rounds. You broke all sorts of individual records in the process. How does it all feel now? Yeah, it's uh, 
it's, it's a great, great relief. You know, it's like kind of like you, you say it, you believe it, you think it all day, but when it actually happens the way exactly you planned it, it's even better, you know. Um, now I'm just in a weird situation to where I don't know where I'm fighting next, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 such an interesting place, and I'm not like I'm in kind of a like a funk trying to figure this out because normally like I can predict like a path here, but considering where you're at right now, you got Sanhagen and Dillashaw, you have the title fight that's going to happen like at the end of the year. I don't know if the timing you going first was like better for you or worse for you. I I can't yeah. really put my finger on it. So you're in a kind of a strange spot, but at the same time, you're just fresh removed from the from the biggest win of your career so yeah we'll, we'll get to the future in a moment but just overall the fight seemed to go according to plan because that jab was on fire and watching the fight i'm just like man poor Tateki matsuda who had to take probably <laughs> seven million of those jabs throughout your training camp the jab yeah. worked to perfection it seemed like the fight went exactly the way you thought it would yeah man like um like i said you get to, you, you got to solve some of the sparring um on the last session and and we, you know, say so we start to the game plan. Um, shout out to Tekim Matsuda, man. He's a man. He's a, and you, like you saw, you saw he he doesn't stop. So it's kind of like, um, you know, I owe, I owe him a lot more than a dinner and some some money. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it worked out perfect, man. Um, you know, we just had to be smart. We had to be real, real, real smooth with our with our jab and our cross, and not go too big. I got a little big sometimes, but then obviously the corner reeled me back in, and um, yeah, you know, I just. You know, I didn't get the finish, but that's obviously what we wanted. But that kid was tough. He he he, he toughened it out. He took some big shots, and I, I I hit him with some clean shots. He wasn't going anywhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can't complain. You know, we got the W, we got in, we got out, and we were healthy. We got a couple bumps and bruises, but that's about it. Was it almost better this way? Like having a five round dominant decision like that? Like you can go in there and la- and land the big shot. You had him hurt at one point, and it, yep. it seemed like the like the fight might have been close to 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 being towards the end, but. You know, you just continued on and you got better. Like the stats numbers just kept get, getting better and better. The striking discrepancies were getting wider and wider as the fight went on. Is it almost better this way than going out there and getting a quick finish? I do. I do. I think it, it kind of like, you know, like it puts it in people's uh, minds that, you know, like I, I can strike with the best of them for sure. It wasn't just a lucky punch. Some people think, you know, like, you know, even like Cody's last fight, people were kind of saying that was a lucky punch, you know. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I can get in there. Uh, cardio is definitely not an issue. I, I definitely believe I get better throughout the rounds. Um, again, shout out to my sparring partners. You know, the way that they push me is, uh, you know, I get pushed so hard in sparring that I, I the fight is just another day for me. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it definitely worked out better this way because, you know, um, I got the experience of the full five rounds. Um, I now I know I can go five rounds at a high pace, at a high clip and still um, with a dangerous striker at that, nobody stands in front of Cody like that and survives that long, you know. And um, and I uh, I took some of his shots, you know, he took my shots, and we both went at it. But I just I was a little bit more fresher and more uh, I think I had a lot more energy and and just be a little I was a little more enthusiastic than he was on that night. And you know that's that's what comes with the territory. You know, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, and I definitely was on uh, Saturday night. You told me, and I know you did a bunch of other interviews along the way, that your plan was obviously you wanted to get a second round finish, but this probably worked out better. But you wanted to get him angry. You, you wanted to piss him off. You wanted to get him in that back in that place. It seemed like maybe early in the fifth round, we we, we kind of saw that guy. But I think that was more of a of a dude who realized he needed to finish more than just getting angry. But were you surprised that he didn't really get out of that zone at all? He didn't. He didn't. He he uh, 
he had a, a, a quick burst in the fifth round. That was it. But even then, he stayed technical, and it was all right, fine. If you're going to stay technical, that's fine, but you, you can't be that technical with me. You know, like, I'm just too long, especially when you're that much behind. You know, it was just like, just be smart. Don't get hit with the big shots. And um, and he felt it, too. He could feel that like he went, went went big with the burst, and after that, and I grabbed him, I could feel him like, ugh. Fuck, like he like not necessarily quitting, but tired. You know, like he was tired. He was in there the whole time, but he was just tired. The energy wasn't there the same, and it, it wasn't that big burst of code that you're used to. It wasn't coming out the same in that fifth round. One of the things I t- I thought about breaking down the fight because I will say, Rob, we do our staff picks heading into these fights like the day before. I was the only one who picked you. Everyone else picked Cody, so. There you go. Yeah, uh, they left me on the that, island man. all by myself. Yeah, um, no, they they, they, uh, they they didn't get the behind the scenes look like you did, man. They, I know. You, you knew you knew you knew something they didn't know, <laughs> man. <laughs> but one of the things I, I was thinking of, I was like, if Cody's going to win this fight, he's going to have to wrestle you. He's going to have to take you down over and over again. And it, it, I was just talking literally moments ago with Tyson, and he, I was, I told him the same thing. I'm like, when Cody took him down in the first round, I'm like, all right. This is probably like his best strategy to victory. And then he let me know, like, dude, we've been preparing for a wrestler for like four months now. Like we didn't know who we were going to fight, but we were ready for a wrestler depending on who we got. So him taking you down, that didn't really surprise you at all, did it? No, at all. all. We knew, we knew. Once we get him shooting, we know we're doing our job right. Um, And, and yeah, like I said, we brought in wrestlers. We've been wrestling since we got the call, you know, it was like, um, and, and we, and like, we knew he was tired out even if he got a couple of takedowns, you know, um, I, I'm not the best wrestler, but I, I'm decent at wrestling, but I'm even harder to hold down and submit. Um, you know, people forget I started at a Jesus class and Jesus school, you know, so like I, I naturally, I'm decent on the ground, not the best wrestler, but once it goes there, I'm well-educated there as well. And, um, you know, we knew he'll, he'll get tired and eventually the shots got, got a lot slower. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm I'm looking up the scorecard right now because I knew there was like one. I think it was maybe this fight. There's one scorecard that drove me crazy. Was there a 48-47 in this one? I think so. At first, I how was the like, hell is that possible? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's just, I do not know. Vegas is wild, man. <laughs> I think so. I gotta I gotta go back and watch it. But I think somebody gave it to him. Like, makes no sense. Yeah, I maybe mean, I think I think maybe he could have squeaked out the first round. Um. But even then, I think a lot of people get, gave me that round as well. But that was it. Yeah, I thought the first round was the closest. And I think the judge may have given him the fifth round. But, like, if you look at the numbers, like, he started off hot. But, I mean, you, like, tripled him up on strikes yeah. in that round, yeah. which is wild. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tateki, man. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Tateki. I mean, have, have you talked to him at all? Were you, I'm um, sure. Like, did like he reach real, out to you? Like, like, yeah, not yet. But, um, um, we'll probably get together soon, probably this weekend, and hang out and you know, uh, chop it up a little bit. Take him to the driving range, hit some golf balls. <laughs> get him out there. Get him the lar- extra large bucket for his uh, for his help. There you go. <laughs> so kind of going back to like the position you're in right now, it is really interesting because we got – I know the Sanhagen Dillashaw fight has been uh, reportedly rebooked for July 24th. Sterling says he's come back in November. Jan seems to be ready to go. So we have like this, this you know, two, three months between all of these big fights, and there's you. And I'm not really sure how this is going to go. So just kind of in your mind, what do you think is the best case scenario for you? Best case scenario, they give me uh, Peter Jan right now, and we get it going. Uh, I doubt that happens. Maybe intern belt. I don't know. We'll see what's up. But 
give me Peter Jan. He's the only one that's available. And uh, make it happen. You know, like, the fans want to see exciting fights. I know that's an exciting fight. Um, and then, you know, I, I'll take care of the belt for him. You sit back. Don't worry about the belt. I, I'll take care of it for him, man. But uh, or or the winner of uh, I'm sorry, the loser or winner, whoever of the obviously Corey Sandhagen fight. Um, definitely don't want to wait that long either, though. Um, as far as like, again, you never know what happens. Whoever gets hurt or injured in that fight, it's another waiting list we could like I could potentially be on. Um, but realistically, I know I don't want to fight backwards. So like, I'll be patient. I've sat a year. I know what it feels like. I don't want to fight backwards. I don't see. There's no need for me to go to fight anybody that's behind me right now so yeah it's 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 just a weird conundrum because you don't see this in any other division right now normally it's like a clear path and when you have a win yeah. like that we're talking rob Font fighting for the title right now but yeah. we got all these different roadblocks around the around along the way and i said this on my show on monday heading into tuesday i was like i honestly think Corey sandhagen if, if this is done correctly i think sandhagen gets hosed more than anybody because of the delay and because of where this division's at right now, because how I think this should play out and it sucks for Corey is that your fight with Cody should have been the start of this quasi mini number one contender tournament. Yeah. And especially with the fight not happening till November for the belt. So once that fight happened, July 24th, they put you and whoever wins that fight on the same main card as the title fight between Sterling and Jan one, because now we can have a number one contender. We're showcasing the division more. And two, in case something does happen, we do have a, we have a contingency plan in place, which might kind of hose you out of the equation, but at least like you're on the card and we got something to get excited about. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because like, I I know the champs, he, he, he just got back. I was talking to him earlier. I'm not earlier. Um, and when I was in Vegas, he just got back to just kind of even lifting and, and, and getting back to it. So he's going to be out for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal with Peter Young, but if he wants to toss it up, he could definitely jump in there and mix it up. If he wants, if he doesn't want to sit out. Um, but yeah, man, man, I'm going to wear a spot, but a good spot. You know, and there's nothing but a big fight after this. So my job is obviously lick my wounds, get back in the gym and, and get prepared because it's going to be nothing but, again, it's either going to be TJ, Corey, Peter Young are, are the champs. So again, all all those all the fights are tough, man. I gotta get back to the gym and get some match work. Do any of like the the legacy name fights? Like I know you don't want to fight, you don't want to fight backwards at all. But if they offered you a Dominic Cruz or if like Jose Aldo beats Pedro Munoz, would that interest you at all? I mean, yes. I mean, maybe the Aldo make more than the Cruz fight. The Cruz fight, not so much. Um, yeah, he exactly. He's nowhere near like a. Like near that belt at all. Um, Jose, I guess, is a little closer. Um, he has the name, but you know, nobody's nobody's dying to watch Dominic Cruz fight. You know, like if anything, I probably fight Shane O'Malley before I fight Dominic Cruz. You know, like that's the guy that's kind of like buzzing right now. He has that name, and so I can't wait for him to fight. You know, so it's kind of like nobody's sitting there dying to watch Dominic Cruz fight. You know, um, but. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't mind watch watching a Sugar Shane fight. You know, so uh, I think he's a bigger name if anything. Um, but then again, I don't want to fight backwards. Um, if it comes down to it, I'm assuming you know the Jose Aldo Munoz fight will be good. I could, if Munoz wins, I could revenge that loss. And obviously, if Jose Aldo wins, um, that's another big, that's a pretty big name that I can get in there, jump in there with. But realistically, I would rather wait and then see how everything else plays out. 
We saw the the medical suspensions get released out to the public, so we all saw what happened. It looked like your foot was a little, was a little jacked up. How, how's it feeling right now? It's good now. It's a little swollen. I think I kicked his elbow. I'm not sure, but it was it was just swollen. I thought uh, I, I thought I might have broke it, but it's fine. Now the swelling went down. It's just just gotta have better aim with my kicks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so if some like if something were to happen, like and I know you just fought, but if something were to happen and Sanhagen or Dillashaw can't make July twenty fourth, are you down to jump in there? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know that's the only reason why I want to, you know, obviously get back to it. Um, that's a high paced fight. Those guys bring it. You know, what I'm saying they're they're both they're both super well rounded. So I got to get back to it. And um, I'll say I'll say I don't want anything to happen. But if it did, um, you know, I'm the guy to call. You're ready to go. You're like Ghostbusters, man. Let's Give me go. a call. Who are you going to call? Call Rob Font and get call him in Rob there. Rob Font, man. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> I know. You had like a crazy schedule getting back home, right? Like you didn't fly out to like super late on Sunday. Like how, how yeah, are, yeah, how's we, your sleep schedule right now? Is it a little I'm, weird? I'm a little jacked up. I was a little jacked up for a couple of days. We, we hung out for a couple uh, for a couple more hours um, Sunday and um, left Sunday night. So we definitely didn't wake up and go straight to the airport. We just hung out, relaxed for a few then i knocked back out i was just like sleeping recovering eating everything in sight but uh i'm, I'm slowly getting back to a regular schedule I almost missed this interview i'm like wait hold up what time is it <laughs> i got up but you know I'm, I'm slowly getting back i'm getting back to normal <laughs> yeah you got back to like perfect weather too it's gonna be like it was like 80s the last Beautiful two days it's supposed out. to be 90s out there today but then it's gonna like yeah. drop back down to like the 50s all long weekend yeah, this is crazy yeah fucking mass has a temper tantrum <laughs> <laughs> well said rob congratulations man hell of a performance this was there was something else that jab was was tremendous and it seemed like everything was flowing beautifully at the right Thank time you. for you so uh hopefully this all pans out for you i am so fascinated to see how this bantamweight division shapes up over the next next several months but i uh, appreciate the time man especially a few days after the fight and uh all the best to you my man enjoy the victory my oh, man appreciate it thank you again for having me on bro you're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.